Okay. Put that down there. Little man. Put you so that... In the bin. <laughs> yeah, just drag and drop. <laughs> Carry me in the recycling bin. That's the end of that, dickhead. Let me make sure we're not getting cable noise. Cable noise. Lovely boys. Hey everyone, it's the 23rd of November and you're listening to the Go Play That podcast. I'm your host Rob Cook. Joining me today is Tom Wolford. Word, yo. How are you doing, Tom? I'm alright. I'm a bit sleepy, a bit tired. Mm. After uh, two hectic weekends. Yeah, so what did you get up to this weekend? I went to Indicade. Okay. Indicade EU, which I think is the first of its ilk. Mm. Um, the first of its kind. Uh, there's obviously Indicade is quite a fancy and well-known festival, which I believe they hold in Los Angeles every year. I'm not sure. I think I've I think I've heard of it before, but I've never followed it just because yeah. you know there's the PAX and the E3 and CEX and yeah. Um, so it being the first of its kind, how did it hold up? Uh, yeah, it was all right. It's a bit weird. Uh, like it was it was fun, mm-hmm. but the people I was there with made it fun. Um, but I don't I I don't quite understand who the festival was aimed at. Okay. So a little bit of backstory. I basically went sort of mostly for go play that. Sure. Um, and also to uh, sort of hang around with a couple of people that I know mm-hmm. that were going to be there. And the price wasn't very expensive. It was like 30, I paid 30 euros for the two day pass. Okay. But this was in Paris, no. which we've not, we've yes. not mentioned. So, so this was your first okay. time in Paris as well, right? It was also my first time in Paris, so luckily, living in London, I managed to grab the Eurostar. Oh, nice, yes. Trundle my way straight to the Gardenor station, where Mm -hmm. the apartment that we rented was, like, two streets away. Uh, And then, so I got there the night before the festival, and then the next day, I kind of potted down, spent all day at the festival. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second day, I spent a couple of hours in the morning, and then sacked it off and went for a walk around Paris. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was cool. I think the problem is that, I don't know, I think the curation was a little bit odd. Right. That's the first, I mean, I know literally next to nothing about curating a festival. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I wouldn't, I mean, I have organized events in the past, but I wouldn't uh, sort of presume to say, oh yeah, it was all shit and I hated it. No. Um, the only, the thing I noticed is the kind of, cause loads of people could apply, uh, you all have to pay 80 euros, I think it is mm. to sort of even apply to have your game Jeez. at the festival. That's a bit of a racket. Yeah. Um, because you don't, you know, you're not guaranteed to be picked. Mm. So the games that were there, um, just felt a little bit odd. Like for me, there just wasn't enough fun. I think so, that's the big issue that I had. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned at the top, at the top that you weren't sure who who it was geared at. So is that like a confusion between whether it was developers against developers with developers or developers with 
fans or potential fans, like the the public? Well, I think that's the issue. First of all, uh, there didn't seem to be a huge amount of public there. Okay. Everybody that was there appeared to be a dev or a journalist Mm -hmm. or a, you know, sort of person from the indie scene. Sure. Um, that includes the people who are exhibiting, the people who are talking, and the uh, then the general people milling about, like myself. Mm. So, you know, I met, you know, there's a guy from Nintendo that I met, there's a guy from um, Oculus there, like, listening to dev pictures. Okay, um, so there were, to- there were talks then? There were also talks, yeah. So I I only went to see one talk because they were kind of, again, more aimed at people who were developing games yeah who knew what what they were saying and being able to you know make something useful out of it (laughs) yeah sure i mean i mean it was really interesting i went to see the first keynote which was matt nava who did uh abzu Mm, and used to work for that game company so he he did flower and journey as well Mm. uh the art director and he was actually really interesting to listen to um but not being an artist not being a designer it was like okay cool it's nice to have some background info on you know, what made those games tick. There's a really funny quote where he was like, oh, in the first build of Journey, we just took flour and turned the grass off. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what they had for the, like, their first sort of it's iteration like, of Journey. kind of looks like a desert, huh? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, it was it was interesting to listen to sort of how the, the procedure of, you know, developing these, these kind of, you know, I mean, Journey itself is a monumental game. Um, Flower and Absu, I don't know if they'll ever reach that kind of level, but they're interesting in their own right. Um, and then there were a lot of other talks, but I kind of ignored that. So there were there was the talk aspect. In terms of being there as a as a journalist, in terms of looking around, it was a, just a little bit sad. Because hmm. I think I don't know if it's because all the devs had like festival fatigue, or they you know there was no real public there. There was not like they're trying to sell their game. It's not like something like PAX, maybe, or something like this, where there's a lot of just people who are interested in video games coming to see it. It's maybe a bit more like GDC, like the Game Developers Conference, which Mm. is just like-minded developers sharing techniques, sharing tricks and tips with engines and... Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, but but then if it is like that, why bother exhibiting your game? Why bother risking that eighty pounds yeah, or eighty yeah. euros and the travel costs and the hotel costs to stand there in uh, a big room and mm. sort of show off your game to people who may not be that interested in buying it? Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that was kind of weird was so the cu- well, I'll go back to the curation. Basically, sure. a lot of the games, like um, I don't know if it comes from our sort of um, uh, experience with the gaming at Rob's and the local multiplayer or whatever, but that's kind of the games that I was expecting. Things that get people involved. Uh, so the only real multiplayer game that was there was Chalo Chalo, which we played in the 24-hour game stream. Mm-hmm. Um, still great fun. Mm. Uh, you managed to play it fun. with eight players? Uh, we played it, I played it with six okay. this time, so slightly more than we did, and yeah, it was yeah. still a lot of fun. Um and what's nice is that you don't you don't really gain that much of an advantage on that game by knowing what it is. Sure. You know, people yeah. people were picking up and playing it and grabbing it sort of instantly. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Uh, met the developers; they were really nice. Um, then that was about it. Okay. 
you know, there were there were two there were two text adventures <laughs> there. I mean, why why put a text adventure in a festival where people have to sit down, put the headphones on, and then concentrate? You know, as a as a player, you're not going to get through the story. Well, it's tough, right? Like, I guess yeah, that's where you come to curation, and if people are not just freely allowed to to you know turn up and showcase their game and they're actually there's an element of moderation and approval then yeah you're right like you wouldn't have a long rpg or you're looking for something that is um compatible with that kind of experience yeah i could see that exactly Mm. and i don't know i don't know maybe it is like maybe it is sort of showing a shift in the indie games scene in general because we had like Event Zero, which is a game I'm super, super interested in, mm. but had literally zero interest in sitting down and playing it for five minutes while people were like standing around me watching. Sure, me. but you knew about that game before going in? Yes. So do you think having seen it there, you would have left with that same impression, like interested in it? Or maybe would it have been lesser because of the way that you experienced it? I wouldn't have picked it up. I did the right. same. There's another game which I didn't know about, which I've since looked up, and it looks like something that I'd, I'd like to play, which is Killing Time at Lightspeed. Okay. Uh, which is, again, it's sort of like a, a sort of interactive fiction, mm. if you will, you know. Um, but again, I did approach the booth a couple of times, but I never felt comfortable enough to just sit down, slap the headphones on, and sit there for like half an hour, which I guess is like the minimum time you would need to be invested in the mm. game. Mm. Um. So yeah, it was kind of like that. There was another one. There was an RPG called Masquerada or Masquerader, mm-hmm. which is like a sort of a typical RPG um, looking thing. But I think all the powers come from your masks. It's like a, you have the sort of Viennese um, Italian style. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it Viennese? Am I saying that? not Viennese? Venetian? Yeah, that's what I want to say. Blinds. Yes, Venetian blinds. No, the Venetian masks, you know, these all sorts of uh, the big noses and, mm-hmm. you know, these kind of masks. Eyes wide shut. Kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. Um, did look fairly interesting. Voice acting was pretty solid. People who were presenting it were really nice. But again, you play the tutorial and then you stop. And that's it. Mm. You know, imagine sitting down and playing the, the tutorial for, for Skyrim and going, right, that's your lot. Bye. <laughs> it's it's not going to give you a flavor of what the game is about, really. It's like, okay, so I can stop time in combat and, you know, yeah. make my characters do what they want. That, that must be tough, though, right? To to showcase your own game um, when it's something multiplayer and it's it's an enclosed match that seems like fit for that kind of experience. You know, you p- bring some people down, sit them down for a couple of matches. They know exactly what they're in for. The yeah. f- When you've got a single player thing, you've got the start of your game, which you've put a lot of time into to make sure you start off right and that kind of maybe is that tutorial mm. create the alternatives would be like creating like developing a vertical slice of the game specifically for the event, which is, you know, time <laughs> to put in or, or, you know, having a, I guess having a save and then prefacing it with a load of information and like introducing what you're about to see, which is not something that not necessarily a skill you're going to be able to pick up easily. Like it sounds like it's a very inexperienced and junior group of people that are, that have got their games here, which is which is a cool phenomenon in its I own mean, right. They, yeah, they were very young, especially the guys from the the, the Masquerada team. They mm. they seemed pretty young. Um, 
But again, I don't know how much of it was, hey, I want to go show my game here, and how much of it was curation. Like, I, I do know there were other games that were not picked, mm. um, which maybe could have been a more interesting fit. Um, but yeah, it just seemed weird. You, and then, you know, going on, you had Broken uh, broken Rules that did Secrets of Rekiton, and, um, and yeah, it moves. Uh, they were showing their new game, which is Old Man's Journey, which is a speechless sort of experience. I guess we were playing it on tablets. I don't know if it was coming out on Steam, but it's like a, again, it's an interactive story. Mm. It's lovely. Mm. It was one of my games of the of the festival. It was really lovely to sit there and, and play it on the iPad. But again, I had no desire to ruin that story for myself for playing it for like half an hour or whatever. So I played like five minutes. Right, yeah. And what I also noticed is at this point, um, especially with that that game, is that the devs weren't even there. Like, I don't know if they had to be like off somewhere. I, I had, well, it wasn't unmanned. They had some Indicade volunteers or Indicade helpers, but what oh, they okay. had was, yeah. you know, people in T-shirts standing there, and you were like, hey, you know, there was a point on this game where I was visibly stuck <laughs> for five minutes because the mechanics of the game were not explained. Okay. It's like a point, like tap, so you tap to move your character. And then you get onto the second or third screen where you actually have to like pull or move scenery with your fingers to make a path to go further on. Right. That was not explained in any instructions in the game <laughs> because the devs weren't at the booth and the, the girl behind me, she was lovely, but she didn't know anything about the game. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting there sort of visibly just tapping <laughs> randomly on the screen yeah. for three or four minutes and later on I actually helped somebody else out who had the same issue as me that they couldn't figure out how to progress mm -hmm. and I was like hey no 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 click like press there and drag and he was like oh wow okay I'd, I'd never have discovered that so you, it was kind of this thing it was like kind of like the games were very insular a lot of the devs that were there seemed really tired or not interested in like really super pushing their game, and I think that's maybe because it wasn't like to a public audience. Sure, they knew everybody else that was there were were sort of devs. Um, or you simply just had unmanned booths or people that didn't really, you know, they didn't seem to give too much of a toss about if people were playing their sure. game or not. The the guys that you went with or spoke to mostly, like, are they get did they get the same impression as developers? Did they get the same feeling, or did they feel maybe misled by the by the setup or were they were they you know satisfied by it no that's i mean that's the thing so for me as an outsider and, and also you know not knowing kind of not having the sort of super confidence to just walk up to people you know i saw rami ismail was there oh, really and nice. adriel wallach and people like mm -hmm. this but yeah, there's no way i'm gonna go talk to those people i'm in insignificant <laughs> <laughs> so i'm not just gonna be like hello yeah i follow you on twitter because nobody cares mm -hmm. <laughs> did you know what i mean um so, I mean, the guy that I went with, I went with Simon, who's the Chicken Jump developer. Mm -hmm. We played his game in the stream uh, last, uh, the week before in Madrid. Um, he wasn't picked. He did pay his £80 and he wasn't picked. Okay. Uh, but he was invited to do the show and tell, which was like a two hour, hmm. um, like free slot. Okay. They gave him. So he'd brought his alternative controls with him, which is the uh, jump pads. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, chicken jump is better if you can jump, and uh, th that's when we had a blast. Sure, 
you know. But again, it was a show and tell. He'd been given a specific slot, but there was literally nowhere set aside to set up. Yeah, and that's quite an involved, yeah, set of equipment. Yeah, and they knew about this. It wasn't like, oh, by the way, surprise, I brought four jump pads. Mm. But it was literally like, right, move a coat rack, move somebody else's promotional material, (laughs) and try and make a big enough space to put down a laptop. We didn't even have a table to put the laptop on mm. because all the tables were had had like cables already wrapped around them, you know, for other people's I, games. I hope Simon was standing there in the chicken suit, just holding the laptop against his chest. <laughs> <laughs> that was the idea. We had we had looked at the possibility of some funny costumes or whatever, but in the end, the room was super hot, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was good that we didn't. Uh, but you know, as soon as we got the jump pads out, people were coming over. Mm. People were hopping around. People were, you know, and then that attracted more and more people. And I was, I was hopping for like four hours straight. Nice. Okay. Like on Sunday, on Sunday, my body hurt. Sounds like your knees probably taken a took a beating from that or something like that. It was the calves, all in the calves. <laughs> it just, it just absolutely wrecks. Um, and then we sort of potted across because they had a party for the for the exhibitors, and and they said, hey, you know, like you've had really good reception with this game, so you can take it into the party. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, so I managed to sneak into the uh, exhibitors' party and have a few free beers, which is nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, yeah, they were super like, "Oh, we, you know, you need to take all your stuff home tonight because we literally can't be assured of the security of any of your stuff right. if you leave it here." Over the you after know? the first night, after the first night, yeah. So we have like four massive jump pads. The laptop, fair enough, mm. but the jump pads, they were like, "Well, we can cover it with a cloth." <laughs> so for high tech security stuff. But it was just like that. It just like for me, you know. And Simon, I think, had a had a much more fruitful time because he talked to an Oculus dev about a pitch, and mm-hmm. you know, he met some guy from Nintendo, and he met some more other people. So I guess as a dev, probably there was more stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And following on Twitter, I could see that other people were having fun with different stuff. Right. It, my own personal thing was just it was all a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> And it was like, I don't know, you know, people had to be there till midnight on the first night, but there was nobody there after like half past nine. So every, everybody kind of just left their games running and oh wow, played each other's. Away. Yeah, <laughs> no, not even played each other's. They just went for beers. All right, <laughs> and then went and then went back went for their back laptops. And got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went back for their laptops at, at sort of midday, so at uh, midnight. Hmm. And then the next day, yeah, I turned up in the morning. There's a few little things going on, and I was just like, yeah, all right, I'm out of here. Went to see Paris in all its poopy glory. <laughs> but yeah, it's it was interesting. Saw a couple of good games, like I say, the um, definitely Old Man's Journey mm-hmm. um, uh, by Broken Rules is worth looking at. Event Zero is definitely something that I've got my BDI on for when I've got a decent PC. I don't think it even needs that much of a decent PC, but it's, you know. Um, Masquerado was interesting. Licked Spear, which I believe you got today, mm-hmm. is uh, is one of the most fun games I played there. And that was definitely one of the most sort of pick-up-and-play games that I saw. Is that out? It is out, yes. Okay. Yeah, I have it on my, my PlayStation, mm-hmm. and I've had it for a little while. So, uh, you know. It's fun. It's difficult, and that was that was weird as well. Seeing people who are like quite used to playing games picking up a control pad and going, "Oh, I've got no idea what's going on right, here." Yeah. Some some random German future Viking is shouting at me, <laughs> like, 
techno music is blaring out <laughs> and I don't know what's going on. Um, so that was quite amusing. Um, cool. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if festival's really my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Or whether this one was just a bit weird. It'd be interesting to hear from other people who were there, actually. Absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, holler at me on Twitter or whatever if you want to go, actually, you're an idiot, it was really fun. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be fascinated to hear um, whether that was a press versus developers thing. Um, mm. Because, yeah, it's it's good to have more events like this in Europe. Like, they're huge and they're all, they're all over the US, but around here, it's... Uh, they're not quite as, um, you know, regular. Yeah, and prevalent. Yeah. Prevalent, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it could be cool, I guess. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be really fascinating to hear if, if somebody had a really, really good time there. Mm, yeah. So, so yeah. Cool. Okay. But, um, yeah. Then I came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after two weekends without sleep, <laughs> just decided to sit down and chill out and play some Dishonored 2. Cool which I know you're waiting on. In um, fact, I think both my games that I played this week, you've been waiting for. Maybe. We'll, we'll find out, in, I guess, when you yeah. get to the second one. Um, I am being a good boy and finishing a few other things first, which which we'll get to in a bit. Um, but yeah, I'm super interested in Dishonored 2, having played through the first one and been looking forward to this one for a while now. But it's a busy season, right? There's a lot of really, there's a lot of really good <laughs> stuff coming out, and you gotta you gotta pick your you know pick, make your choices because time is kind of short, and we're gearing towards December now, and we're thinking about game of the year coverage, and yeah, I kind of that's that's driving my playlist right now. It's like, why am I playing these 2014, 2015 games? What a waste of time is that? That's <laughs> a stupid idea. Like oh I you know go back and play some Overwatch like yeah but sure. I, I I know I know enough about that game to know where it is on my list and yeah that that is a very strange you know set of constraints to put on your own free time but it's a it's but a fun as, game in itself I guess yeah but as as it is the season as well I'm gonna unapologetically just be playing AAA <laughs> sure. until Christmas it's like. Fuck it. October, October through December, <laughs> unless there's some like crazy awesome indie game. Yeah, just like on, another you know? uh, what's it called? <sighs> Undertale drops from nowhere. Yeah, something like that. When when did that come out? Uh, what month was that? That was maybe mid year thing. Was that this year? No, 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 no. That was last year. No. But I'm wondering like how late it dropped that it was such a like a surprise thing because like I'd never heard of it until the moment it came out. Um, I yeah, remember. I guess it's how close you have your ear to the ground. Like I know, for example, Stu was super, super all over Owlboy for like yeah. two years. Yeah, we, inter- years, we interviewed you know. those guys uh, two years ago, exactly. And uh, he's got great things to say about it. I haven't played that yet. And I'm wondering if maybe I need to, uh, <laughs> or if Stu's like got it covered and I don't need, to, I don't need to play everything that's good, right? There's, there's too much of that. Um, and it doesn't really speak to me. I don't know. I liked um, Ori in the Blind Forest, and that looks similar. And uh, I think Owlboy for me might be a four IF. <laughs> like maybe, I definitely, yeah. definitely wanted to play it, but mm-hmm. I don't have the PC for it, and I don't have the the time. Sure. But again, this is something that we'll come back to with my second game. It actually ties in nicely cool, to cool. that. Okay, Dishonored Two. Okay, talk to us. Dishonored Two. Okay, so I restarted it. Talking about wasting time. Mm-hmm. 
I played three hours of that game, uh, then restarted it. The reason I did that is because I set it up on hard. Uh, having finished Battlefield 1 on hard, having finished Titanfall 2 on legendary Master. or whatever, so master <laughs> difficulty, I always forget. Um, I was like, yeah, I can do this. I'm on a roll. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to just, just start murdering every game on hard. Yeah. Dishonored 2 on hard is just bastard hard. It is unforgiving. It's not... So, sorry, I'm, yeah. Having yeah. having then restarted one medium, like this, whatever normal, normal yeah. difficulty is, what is the difference that made it so much more difficult on, on hard mode? Okay, so I was trying to play it on hard and I was trying to play it on a stealth playthrough. Okay. Because From what I've I heard, know- stealth in, like maintaining uh complete stealth in this game and like uh what is it like no kills and stuff is already quite a tough cookie yeah i mean i managed to finish dishonored one with like the true ending i think or the the lowest chaos ending that i could um i think it was only the last level Hmm. uh it's it's a level where you've got like a big fortress and you've got to get into the fortress there's like guard towers and bunkers and what the shit i don't know that was just altogether too difficult for me to ghost through it. Um, but um, with this one, I came in with the idea that, oh, level one, you're probably going to be able to ghost around, especially, like, you don't even really have that, like, any powers. Mm. Oh, so next question. when um, Which character did you pick for the hard? Uh, well, for hard and the restart, I picked uh, Emily. Okay, okay. So so my idea is that I'm going to do a stealth playthrough with Emily and then go back and play it with Corvo and just wipe everybody out. Because <laughs> seeing, seeing the beginning of the story, I'm going to be like, this guy is out for revenge and he's just going to just murder the shit out of everybody. So, Whereas Emily, I feel, might be more of a sort of a gentle... Not because she's a woman, but just because she has like... The, pow- the powers match it kind of thing. Well... I don't know. Also, her personality. I, I don't really see her running around like slicing people in half and you know, mm. um, exploding people and whatever. So, so I'm definitely going to start playing it this week because uh, right. I'm nearing the end of of what I'm playing, mm-hmm. and I'll go with Corvo on my first run. And I guess I will avoid hard mode. Just I don't know. Depends what you like. It depends what you like. the The idea. The only reason it's difficult on hard mode is because. I was playing stealth. I reckon a violent playthrough on hard would be easier mm. because you're going in with the intention to wipe people out. Whereas if you're trying to be stealthy, they see you from miles away. Yeah, but I want so I want to attempt stealth, but not um, not let being seen cause me to restart. Well, that's d- avoid hard then, because mm. it, what happens here is you can get very quickly surrounded by like four or five enemies okay. because they will not only see you, but you. This is not Assassin's Creed where they'll stand off one by one and let you politely slash them in half. Mm. This is like five people will be shooting at you, throwing grenades, even throwing rocks at your head <laughs> um, to try and stun you as you run away or something like this. Yeah. Uh, they'll all be taking swings at you. And the downside is as well, something that I've discovered is that if you are taking somebody out, like the the non-lethal takedown takes a little while. It's like grab, choke hold, and, and let's you know drop you. But it takes probably, I would say, about 9 to 10 seconds 
So if you're being approached by other people, they won't stand off you and let you just choke some guy out mm. before interacting with you. Um, and if you're especially going for a deathless playthrough or something like that, uh, if they slash at you mm. when you're using when you're choking somebody out, it acts as like a human shield. So if they shoot at you or they slash at you, they will kill the person that you're holding, and that death is on you. It counts to like counts against you. Yeah, counts against you, and and this is a bit weird because it's actually a bit inconsistent. Mm. Like yesterday, there was a, le- a part of a level where I I tried to break into a cupboard because I saw they had some nice weapons in there. I had to smash the window, and I'd already knocked two guards out. They were already asleep on the floor. Um, so I smashed the window, and as I hit the window, I hit the grenade that was in there yeah. that I was trying <laughs> to steal. The grenade detonated. I was left like clinging to life had to use one of the emergency health packs and the other two guys were just on fire and therefore dead right but that didn't count against me okay yeah so it's still kind of tricky to work out exactly what counts what cons- and I like how the, what the game's logic was or whether it was just f- flipping out at that point roll yeah. of a dice <laughs> like if i if i hit somebody with a sleep dart and they fall off a railing mm. is that a kill on my part or is it not and I can imagine that gets really <laughs> frustrating for somebody who's going for like the platinum trophy on that game. Yeah, it's one of those one-hand clapping things. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I I don't really know if I detonate this grenade, but I didn't throw it, and you die. Mm. That's not on me. But if I'm choking somebody out and somebody else shoots him in the face, that's on me. Etc. Mm. Um, Etc. Et so it's it's kind of a bit weird in that sense, um, and that's why I restarted on normal because you know. It's just, it's a little bit more forgiving. The stealth is still tricky. Mm. You still have to be clever. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that, like, as soon as somebody sees you, the meter fills up and they're on your tail. It's like, gives you a couple of seconds leeway. Cool. And you know you know how I am with stealth games. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so I, ne- I need that forgiveness to enjoy a stealth game. I don't want to be like, Bring, they saw you, okay, and now you're dead. Mm-hmm. Restart, mm-hmm. checkpoint. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but that, it's good. It's good. If you like Dishonored One, by the way, it's uh, I mean the the atmosphere, the level design, um, the the art style. Uh, a slight criticism would it be would be that it, there's almost too much stuff to do. Okay, I heard they've made the um, collectibles a complete bastard to to get now. Like they go to sort of Riddler trophy excess in puzzles to get them sometimes have you run into any of that yet like how much how much time have you spent with your normal playthrough so far uh about four hours now okay cool four hours in and i've i've been exploring a lot more and that was the downside to the hard puzzles uh the hard mode is i didn't want to explore Mm. because you die yeah i I just wanted to go straight to the objective and and get to the next level whereas now it's like i'm gonna go check out that shop over there and there is a lot to find a lot to see um i know that the, in terms of trophy collecting, for example, the game is an absolute dog. Like, I'd be very, very surprised to see more than, like, 3% of people get the Platinum on this. Because mm. it requires minimum two playthroughs. You have to play it with both Emily and Corvo. Sure. You have to do it... There's There's a trophy for literally zero kills in the entire game, which, like I say kind of annoying when you don't really know what environmental triggers can count as a kill against you or not yeah um there's there's you know it's difficult 
But the actual gameplay, I mean, I, I love it. I love using my powers. You've got a lot of choice. Uh, you can you can choose between how you play. Um, there's multiple, multiple routes between all the different things that you can do. I would I would kind of say it is more geared to combat. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely the game gets a lot easier and a lot more fun to just explore all the rooms and find all the lore if you are murdering everything to death. Right, yeah. That's a, that's that's the way with a lot of mm. games that allow stealth but don't require it is that that is the sort of personal reward route like oh I feel really good about getting through that room unseen. Yes, but what you might do is get through that room unseen but you might not get all the collectibles like mm. not even collectibles but even when it comes to like runes which are important for powering up your your occult mm-hmm. magics or whatever. Um there's a lot of them you just can't get without a fight. And once you get in a fight and you're still trying to be non-lethal, mm. <laughs> it's almost impossible. Like it would be like <laughs> I've been looking at a lot of parts of the levels. Like I could just walk in, slaughter everybody, and there's like so many things to pick up. But in the end, I'm doing minimum damage getting through. I've been on low chaos on every on, on every level, mm-hmm. but the, I have got deaths on my hands. You know, blah. But yeah, it's still good. It's still a really good experience, and I look forward to talking with you in the next week or two weeks about yeah, sure thing. how it is. Uh, whilst we're on the subject of, of yeah. stealth, uh, let me let me talk about my, my first game. Um, sure, yeah. So Mafia 3, I've uh, returned to that after a couple of weeks' break. We were preparing for the marathon, this, that, and the other. So I'm back on that now. Uh, I've sunk about... 11 hours into it so far i'm playing on on the pc and it's looking it's looking pretty good um we did talk about it before i think before i properly started you you had started on ps4 and you you were enjoying it but you've you've dropped it as of now or are you you thinking of returning to it at some point what game is this mafia 3 Oh yeah, <laughs> I lost uh, lost all concentration there for a second. I was like, he's talking. It's like being in class. Like the like, teacher's like, oh, what "What's the answer?" Like, come on, come on, come on! Don't tell, don't I've ask been... me a question. Don't ask me a question. No, Mafia Three. I finished. Oh, you finished it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let me. I'll talk about it, and then you. We'll see where you ended up with it. So I'm playing that um, stealthily, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, rather than like being capacitating of all the targets <laughs> i am killing most people but i'm trying to avoid combat like yeah, i'm you- shooting people whistling them over getting them around the corner taking them down um i've eventually got to a point now where i have a silenced i have two silenced weapons and that the just, game changes oh my god it's it feels great because yeah. the impact of the sort of bullet impact of shots is is really nasty and and gruesome um which I like for some reason. Don't judge me. Still, please. still not as gruesome as your normal melee takedown, which is like Christ. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's no, there's no pacifist way in dealing with these people. So, it's just no. I found I'm gonna- no, no, no. <laughs> but there's a. Um, this is the weirdest option that I found in a game like this year. Right. There is a toggle for what the uh, takedown does, lethal or non-lethal, and it's like defaulting to lethal. Okay. And and let us just for anybody that hasn't played uh, Mafia Three, lethal takedown is literally splicing somebody from the navel to the chops yeah. with with a Bowie knife. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, your guy like just permanent Bowie knife like in his jacket. Um, so yeah, that like when 
like most games will be like if there's a melee action and it's like a button prompt to execute it which does exist in this game it's like a Mm. tap to non-lethal hold to lethal kind of thing they don't do that they just go how would you like your takedown sir uh i'd like some lethal yes bloody yeah exactly (laughs) or and not rare (laughs) um so yeah i've been doing that and based on my enjoyment of the combat and the driving and the tone and the sort of slowly unraveling story, I'm happy with the fact that the game is quite formulaic. And I think that's probably where a lot of people are getting hung up on this game. Once they get into it, they start realizing this is Assassin's Creed 1 levels of here's your little scenario, here's your little district. Once you've done this district of... So so the, the loop is... Uh, this guy, we've got to take him down. Okay, we've got to draw him out by killing his top lieutenants and destroying all of his stuff. And there my fake accent disappears. Um, <laughs> so you go to this location, kill this guy, this location, kill this guy, this location, interrogate this guy to find out where the drugs are or the, um, you know, the construction site is or this, that or the other, and then go and destroy that and destroy all this stuff. Once you're, Once the money, once you've caused enough damage to them, they come out of the hiding hole and you go and kill them. Um, that loop for the 11 hours I've played has been pretty consistent, uh, except for a few like event f- special feature missions that are dotted around, like going and robbing a bank, doing like driving, doing the special driving sequence. And then it, then there's fun stuff with like documentary style characters talking to each other about past events that you're then enacting. Um, but I, because I think the the core gameplay is so solid, I'm, I'm reveling in it and sort of savoring my next session playing the game and enjoying that loop. That's, I mean, that's pretty much the same for me. I wouldn't say reveling in it, but I, I did definitely enjoy it. Sure. Um, despite, and as you say, that, that loop mm. that you just described, that doesn't go away. That's it until I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't suddenly change twenty hours in and go like, oh yeah, it's uh, you know, it's all done. Yeah. But um, no, I mean the fact that the story is doing something kind of interesting. I mean, you have a a non-white protagonist, which seems to be you know the trend this year, which is really cool for mm-hmm. me. Um, you have uh, like the the scenes like it's almost like hitman level esque when you get to the thing of taking out each boss sure like have you got to the riverboat level yet um i think i think i haven't okay i'm not going to say anything but there's certain bits where you you get to these like really sort of bombastic uh sequences as you said they're they're sort of out of the norm yeah, it's like the same basic construct of go and kill this guy, but how yeah. are you going to get in? How are you going to approach it? What weapons are you going to take? You've got some like power ups you can use. Like I, I called in my hit squad for the first time yesterday, <laughs> and that was pretty funny because these three wise guys just pop out of nowhere, and I was on the roof, and they joined yeah. me on the roof and started freaking out, and yeah, like I, uh, I did that in a garage <laughs> full of cars where I had to go in and uh, like destroy a certain amount of damage. Yeah, I've done that. Cars. I've done that one. Yeah, and there was about twenty guys in there, so I just called these like three crazy Italian mobsters <laughs> that just went like all boondock saints in there with shotguns. It's just like, 
the my only downside, my only problem with that is that one of them died, but you can still call the three brothers back. Oh yeah, well, yeah, three different, uh, whatever. Yeah, it's a big family. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, you're up. Okay, shit. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was fun, you know, but it is formulaic. The music's really good. Mm. Um. The story, and I think the story would have benefited without all the extra nonsense going on. Because like you say, the flashbacks, the documentary style telling of, you know, characters in the future who are talking about what happened in the past, which you're you're playing. Mm -hmm. Um, The FBI or CIA agent is just an absolute blast. Like he's really fun. Um, All of that stuff, it's very, it's very well done. Um. I did just find, like, by the, go- the time I got to the end, I was like, right, I'm happy that's finished. Mm. Not interested in DLC or... Was it you... What, yeah. Did you say last time, I can't remember if this is you or if I'm quoting someone else, is that for someone who is so into doing everything, that by the time they got to... Got the option to, like, kill the boss of the location and the, and it warns you, like, you'll be giving up all of these things that you get to do. They'll all be locked out. You're like, fine. I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> There was there was quite a few. But, um, I mean, you know, for somebody who also kind of not collects trophies but is happy to get trophies, sure. um, I finished that game on like eighty six percent. Teams of wild horses could not drag me back to get the other forty percent <laughs> <of> trophies. <laughs> well, you you must have spent quite a few hours with that game by the time it had closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I had something like eighty five percent of the collectibles. Uh, around that sort of level, I had think I had all the Playboy magazines because you know that's the thing yeah, yeah. in in Mafia. It's been there since Mafia One, I think. Um, I don't. I didn't play One, but for sure in Two, yeah. Uh, well, the funny story about One: while I was in Indicate, mm. uh, Simon was there sharing a room with me, and he uh, he brought a German copy of Retro Gamer okay. magazine, and they were talking about Mafia One. So officially, games from two thousand and one are now retro. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> which makes me feel old as old shit but, but I th- oh, was it well, I think it was Earl he maybe even I don't know if he ever published this but it was like a it was a look at like what does it mean what does retro mean in terms of in terms of games retro mm. is a moving target because it's basically how many how many generations ago so kind of thing right I, can't I think I think his argument was that if the format still exists then it's not retro mm-hmm so I would okay. argue that if you can still play it on PC, then it's fine, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was fun. Um, but I think this leads quite nicely into another game that I've been playing. Sure, go for it. If you're finished with Mafia. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Like, I want to see your, your or I want to hear your feelings after you finished it. After sure thing. you put another 20 hours in or so. Um, 15, maybe. <laughs> okay, yeah. But no, yeah, for sure. I started playing Watch Dogs 2. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yes. So Watch Dogs 2 is a obviously the sequel to Watch Dogs, mm-hmm. the finest uh, canine-looking simulator that we've had this last decade. Good job. No, it's an Ubisoft collectathon uh, of the type that goes directly into my central cerebral cortex and goes, <laughs> grab all the things. Yeah, tendrils everywhere. Yeah, but much like Mafia 3, Watch Dogs for me was just too long. The and fir- two hang on, the first Watch Dogs were too long. Yeah. If you wanted to do it 100%, there was a lot of stuff in there mm. that was just 
painful. Sure, but I th- I can't rem I don't remember that being a general complaint about normal people like me that just play the game within no. normal constraints. Yeah, of course, of course. But yeah. this is you know what, no, what I'm what I mean is that Mafia Three, for example, a, many people are talking about it being a bit too much and maybe it, too much for its own good. Whereas Watch Dogs never had that. But just you know, just to clarify that, uh, carry on. Sure. Sure, but as a collector, and especially one from Ubi, and I mean, I'm the one who's played, you know, Far Cry 3, Far Cry 4, Far Cry Primal to the end. Jesus, okay. Um, that was this year, I, by the way. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> it's been a long year. Um, <laughs> um, I have, you know, I've played all the Assassin's Creed's. I've played, what else have they got? Watch Dogs, you know. It's, it's something about the mechanics of their game, I, I just like, I like to sit there mm. and play them what i have noticed though in the last couple of years is the bloat has got to this point like assassin's creed syndicate i didn't 100 percent. whereas i did with the Ezio ones and i did with unity and black flag for example Mm. um watchdogs just got to the point where it was just like right i'm fed up i'm just gonna do the story and i'm gonna finish it Mm. so watchdog 2 comes right at you with like a fresh approach instead of being the grim dark tale of one guy who's motivated in revenge it's like a hacker collective yeah it's like the lightest sides of mr robot without the darker elements well i literally just started watching mr robot last night as well so it's kind of cool like and (laughs) what I, i i can draw parallels from it is like it's like what hackers would love to be it's what the it's the persona that they put out there of yeah. one what they want people to think of them as yeah i mean the the the, the crew in watchdogs uh, in watchdog 2 they should have called it watchdogs that would have been fine but uh <laughs> like alien aliens never mind the first one was um, called watchdogs so whatever was it i thought it was watchdog yeah it was <laughs> it's been been a long couple of weeks yes i forgive you um so anyway so um yeah, the crew in there, they have this cool hidden lair, lair that's behind a comic shop and you go downstairs and they've got a bank of TVs. You know, they've got the autistic savant that can code like nobody else. They've got a guy who's got like a programmable dead mouse mask, so he only shows his expression in emoticons. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a 3D printer that's capable of printing any weapon that you have the money to fund. That sounds a bit you know, violent, but let's... Well, no, I mean, you know, like, you start with a stun gun, but li- literally <laughs> you can you can go in and print anything, you know. Um, the guy's got, like, a little notebook from which, after upgrading your skills, you can hack hmm. basically anything in the world with a tap of a button. Uh, you have an RC quadcopter, you've got an RC, like, uh, like two-wheel drone thing that rolls around. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is just a super hacker fantasy, and I don't want to offend anybody, and I don't want anybody to hack our site because I said this. But, you know, it's a long way removed from just a bunch of people DDoSing PSN. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the story the story is just out there. So basically, Bloom is still the big mega corporation that's being evil at everything, and the, the Hacker Collective's massive plan is to get a load of followers. Because they've got an app which has like a spyware in it that allows you to right. use the processing power of people's phones or computers. So the more followers you have, the bigger network you have and the more powerful the network is. Exactly. So then you can start doing bigger and more audacious hits on 
you know, Bloom and CTOS, which is CTOS 2.0 is... City OS. If you say it's City yeah. OS, it sounds like City OS. Yeah, but I like CTOS. CTOS. It sounds like <laughs> you're having a wank in the seat. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Lowered the tone. It took me a while <laughs> this week. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so... Um, you know, all that's fine and dandy. You mm. do that by going around. You've got side missions. You've got main missions. You've got uh, sort of Scout X locations, which is like Instagram, but you take a selfie with yourself at, at different locations, skill points to hack, all, all sorts of, you know, you've got the whole Ubi range of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems quite fun, mm-hmm. but I'm about two hours in. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep it up. Like, it's very here and now. Like, one of the side missions, the first side mission I played is to rip off Martin Shkreli. Shkreli, yeah. Shkreli. So, you know the whole story behind that. Billionaire, pharmaceutical. Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, Wu-Tang Clan fan. Pays millions to keep a Wu-Tang album for himself. The The one copy of it. Yeah. yeah. So literally that mission is recreated mm. in the game. That's like the first side mission you get. Mm-hmm. You have to hack a rap producer's phone to get a new set of beats that he's working on and make a soundboard to then hack the pharmaceutical dickface's uh, phone mm-hmm. to pretend you're the rapper. With, a, with the soundboard, yeah. With the soundboard and the songs that you've got and then say... Um, you know, hey, yeah, we've got this new side. Like, I'm going to take you up on your offer. You can pay me $20 million and I'll, I'll give you the album. Hmm. And then you hack him. So it's like, it's it's really current events, but it is at the same time, you know, the first, the first like, mission you get in the game is put some pants on. Okay. That's it. You have a big party. You wake up the next morning in your, in your boxer shorts and it's like trophy and <laughs> first mission, put your pants on. It's an important thing to to do early on, yeah. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, uh, you know, like I spent half an hour going through all the prelim stuff. Like there's no tutorial. It's a cold open. There's no credits. Mm-hmm. It's just literally like you're, you know, you do the, well, there is a tutorial mission, but it's kind of built into the story itself as like your test to get into this hacker collective. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm just looking at it and it's like, how much more can I take? Like, it's, it's a wonderful, beautifully animated world. There's a lot to do. It's, like, very Grand Theft Auto in that sense that you've got this huge map of San Francisco. Mm. But then it's, like, uh, there's a key point. Like, you get you get different things. So you get, like, research points to upgrade your skills. But then some of your skills, you need research points and key data. And to get the key data is, like, a puzzle thing where you've got to unlock different, uh, like doors or whatever by hacking different things Mm -hmm. so the first one i found yesterday was in stanford university tower or whatever and it's this big church tower that for some reason has like 96 different power nodes going to it and you have to climb halfway up the tower hack a vent use your jumper little rc vehicle two-wheel vehicle to go into the vent Mm -hmm. hit a switch which then allows you outside to then activate all these different nodes which you then have to like light up the tower with all these different nodes and then you have to use your quadcopter which i hadn't actually researched at that point so i had to go all the way back to the hq research the quadcopter come back to the tower only to find that all my progress on that puzzle had reset oh shit do it all again 
and then fly the quadcopter to the top to unlock some more nodes. And it's like, you know, all to unlock one door, hmm. which a solid kick would have done it, <laughs> or the shotgun that I had in my hands <laughs> at printed, the time. Yeah. yeah, my 3D printed shotgun that's called Bullet Hell. Um, you know, but no, I had to go through this entire sort of ridiculous hacking thing to open a door to get a key data, which allowed me to get a new skill, which allows me to call out an APB on somebody and say, okay, great. You know, Hmm. it might be a game where I just play the story. (laughs) Sure. I, yeah, I don't know. It sounds a bit exhausting, but, um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's out next, this coming Tuesday on PC. There was a two week, uh, gap between consoles and PC. Um, I'm sure it'll be worth it. Um, (laughs) the, I'm really interested in playing it because I, yeah, again, I like the first one and I like the kind of tone and stupidity that this one's showing and the sort of the, um, the openness of sort of the I mean I don't know maybe like the variety of the different objectives and and what it looks like the journey is going to take you on it, Sure like, I mean there's, there's a lot, lot of to stuff do. yeah Yeah there there is a lot to do um I just I just feel in certain places they might have made it too complicated like gone like just everyone has saturated at every corner kind of thing not not only that, but then silly things like, uh, you know, I, I was going to, on a way to a mission, I found like there was a research point nearby uh, that was on a hospital. Mm-hmm. But there's no way to like climb up on the hospital. No, you have to hack an ambulance mm-hmm. or steal an ambulance. I decided to hack it first, but then I hacked an ambulance and then the siren, uh, sorry, sorry, stole an ambulance. The siren started going off. The police came. I put them to sleep with my stun gun, mm-hmm. got rid of all that. Had to drive the ambulance around the corner to use it as steps to get up onto a level where I had to hack a vent, send in my little remote control thing, uh, hit a switch, which opened up another bit, which meant I had to drive the ambulance to another bit, jump on it, get up to another place. And I'm just like, it's one research point. It means nothing, mm. you know, in the scale of things. Because as you're doing the missions, you rack up followers, which gives you yeah. sort of every time you level up, you get something like six research points at a time. And you already feel fairly powerful. I've got a couple of guns. I've got, you know, I can hack pretty much everything in the world. So why am I jumping through all these hoops to get like one measly research point? <laughs> sure, I can see that. I, th- I think they have cottoned on to the kind of people that are playing these games in this way. And they're like, we need to, we need really need to do something to stop them, to break you know, we need to break Tom and people like him and put them back on the path to pro- play games properly. And it sounds like Watch Dogs doing a damn fine job of it's achieving working. that. Yeah, it's working. Well, the last couple of like between Far Cry Primal, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, Syndicate was the last one. Yeah. And this, I'm like, you know what? Give me a 10 hour story. <laughs> I'll fucking take it. I'll do it. I'll just I'll just go from start to finish in a linear fashion, and I'll go, you know what? That was nice. Well, you know you can do that with these games, like I do. I can't. <laughs> just <laughs> no, take little bits, like, take little bits and go, oh, I like that side mission, but maybe not enough to do the other 30 of them. Well, no, no but that's the thing. I picked up a side mission yesterday, <laughs> randomly, 
from somebody because when you you can like data scan the world so you go into like this matrix-esque mm. view of the world and you can see like pickups and whatever and somebody gave me a side mission you know and it's like oh you gotta like i this is a new app that i've developed that is going to mess around with bank machines mm. Mm. and then you go like test it on a bank machine and you can like hack into the camera and then you can choose to like give people money or take money away from them etc okay yeah so it's like mission is go test that like okay cool and it was kind of funny you know the guy's douchebag he walks in and you're like ah, ha, ha, i'm sending all your money to mexico don't care <laughs> um and it was kind of funny the mission to complete it to get the points for starting uh, like for finishing the yeah, mission yeah. makes you do that eight more times oh, jesus okay and i'm talking kilometers across the map as well yeah oh like d- travel one travel two yeah jeez yeah. okay well Exactly. And you know what my brain is like, though. I'm like, I need to finish this mission. I've started, so I'm finishing, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I'm further. Con- um, I'm just further convinced. Yeah, yeah, I think they're trying to hurt me. Mm-hmm. But no, actually, you know, the game is really solid. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I like the lighter tone. It's not like it's beautiful yeah. sunshine. I haven't seen the night. Well, I have been out in the night yet, but whereas my predominant memories of Watch Dogs is that it was always nighttime. <laughs> it, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, but that's my predominant memory because the tone was, was always That was infamous, dark. more more infamous than, than Watch Dogs. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. It was like yeah. grey and brown and darker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's always nice seeing other cities, like infamous, as you say. Uh, no, infamous. Uh, yeah, Second yeah. Sun, right? Yeah. That was, uh, you know, that was in Seattle. That was kind mm-hmm. of interesting. This one's San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And you get this, you know, you pile over the Golden Gate Bridge, you're, you know, ramping down. I think there's missions in Alcatraz and all this kind of stuff. So it's fun, yeah. Hmm. yeah. But I'm going to see if I don't get collectible fatigue Well, I, ho- I Yeah, like, still finish it, I'd say. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm looking forward to doing, uh, I know me and John have got some co-op missions oh, lined nice. up. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, we'll move on to, I guess, the last game for the day, uh, okay. which is Gears of War 4, um, okay. which I've been playing in co-op um, between two platforms, actually. I've done a funny little neat trick. Don't it, don't tell everybody. <laughs> uh, I think it'll be fine. Um, it's a loophole, which has gotten me to play the game on my Windows 10 PC and my Xbox One at the same time. Uh, all it needs is one Xbox Live Gold account. Like, basically, you share you share your Xbox Live Gold account as the home. Make it make your Xbox the home Xbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, go and with that account, go and play Gears Four on the PC, and with another account, like another Xbox Live enabled but not Gold account. It can be Gold, you know. What yeah. do what you want. Um, log in and use the license on the Xbox One. And it doesn't recognize that it's already being used by the PC because it's a PC. I think if it was another Xbox One, it would recognize it. And if it seems you, like a gross oversight. And if you try to play with the game, with the same account that you're using on the PC on the Xbox One, it would recognize and go, hang on, you're, using, you're playing this game somewhere else. Whereas because it's a different account, it, that additional layer has, has sort of allowed me to break in and I'm basically playing online multiplayer co-op with my girlfriend uh, with two big TVs in the front room. So that's pretty cool. So just to be clear, you could have played it split screen on the same TV. Oh yeah, but come on. Yeah, come on. You've got two 50-inch TVs sat there. Let's let's rock and roll. Exactly. 
yeah, it was worth a, worth a go. And now I'm wondering if it's worth trying with like the Forza Horizon 3 campaign and the Halo. No, no, Halo's not on it. But whatever next comes out on Windows 10, like it, I'm going to keep keep exploiting this loophole until until they shut me down. Um, yeah, I'll swat you. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, I got, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. I've had enough pizza, thanks. Um, <laughs> so Gears, Gears 4 is a Gears 4 is a Gears of War campaign. Like, have you you played the? I played all on 360. Of them. Yeah, I it, didn't. I didn't play Judgment. Judgment was the one that I gave up on. Like, it had two campaigns, and Stu, Stu and I played the first campaign and just didn't weren't enthused enough to go and play the other one. Um, so four is great. It has new characters. It has some new enemy types, weapons. Um, the big thing that it does is like environmental effects. Like right. on the planet that you're on over the 30 years since the conflict from the trilogy, um, the environment is sort of going apeshit around you. And so there's like these huge wind flares and like storms and hurricanes and so on. And they just rip up the environment and you can like use that. So like there's some, there's some like uh, some metal bars held together with like rope and you shoot the rope and then they go flying and like impale and destroy the enemy around you. And uh, yeah, th- those effects are really cool. And, and the, the campaign is solid and it's got like a horde mode and it's got the verses. Um, it's just solid, right? Like there's really not okay, much to say about it. I didn't think I was interested in playing another gears campaign. And maybe the only thing that's actually pulling me through it is playing it in co-op. Mm. So, I don't know if I'd wholeheartedly recommend it. It's co- it's it's really cool that it's available on PC. Like if you've got a monster PC and Windows 10, it runs at 60 frames compared to the X1 running at 30. And when you've got that side by side in the same room, it's pretty stark in contrast. Um, like that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I don't like. There's nothing magical and special about it. It's just a really solid entry and a really good series right like gears is solid if you forget judgment yeah yeah i guess like they they also seem to f- forget it to some extent have they, have they so yeah retconned it not like- not so much because nothing really happened in that campaign like the campaign right. of of judgment was uh tell it like filling in stuff that happened in between the other campaigns that happened right. with other characters it's like how did baird get here what did he do before he arrived to join marcus and the other guy uh, it was the Rogue One of Gears of War, is what you're saying. I guess so. I mean, yeah. we'll we'll see if Rogue One's any good. But yeah, if Rogue One wasn't very good, then it's the Rogue yeah. One of of Gears games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's cool, and I would love to find three other people to play the Horde mode with, because of course we could play like with the two two here, play five player Horde mode. Um, yeah. There's really okay. There's one more th- one more really cool thing that it does in the campaign is it takes elements from Horde mode and builds like a an episode of the story into it like so you're like traveling there's there's two so far that we've done and we've got like a bit of act four left and then a fifth act um so let's say we're like moving down on this mining elevator and it's a big sprawling space and, and there's like you know uh chest high walls everywhere it's like oh some shit's gonna go down here eh um and then it just turns into horde mode you're defending you're defending this this platform as it's descending and 
So you'd do several rounds of that. And we got to try horde mode in, in this co-op campaign out of nowhere. And that's right. like the best advertisement for that mode, like to entice you into trying that mode. Like it never pops up like blatantly saying, Hey, you just finished a horde uh, yeah. scenario. Do you want to go play? No, it like you, you kind of just figure that out for yourself if you didn't know already. Um, yeah. but it's really cool. Like it's a really cool game. Uh, go and play it. If you have an Xbox one, if, like if you're one of the three of us, uh, enjoy, yeah, um, and let me know, I guess, and we'll play some Horde Mode. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, I, I'm almost tempted because I I did very much like the uh, the Gears. Mm. Like I came in a bit late on them. Like by the time I played Gears One, I think the offline had already been removed. The online, sorry, had already been removed. Gears. If there was online, or was it Gears? No, no, the Xbox Live for 360 was still up. Like. Yeah, 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 but the actual, I think the servers were down on them because I think I got Gears 1 when Gears 2 came out or something. Oh, okay. I didn't know that that so, was a thing that Microsoft did for their own for their own first-party yeah, content. There was there was no online for that Oh, wow. okay. Um, by the time I got to it. But then, you know, I played 2, enjoyed 2, and then 3, I think I played with you. Maybe. Um, that was around the same time that we started playing 360 games together. Yeah, so I think uh, that was around the time that I was, like, I got quite into the uh the online on that and and it is i mean for me you can say that it's a very as it, everything's solid in that game yeah and but even, like not just like the game is solid and the, the characters are big and the, the and, yeah. guns and the reports on the weapons and the grenades and yeah and the physical combat is just brutal chunky and like, yeah it's chunk everything's so chunky it's a everything's your, it's the like, yorkie of video games <laughs> yes for british people uh for non-british people that is a reference you're not going to get. It was really a good joke. Yeah, it was awesome if you are British. Everybody laugh. Yay. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. So playing four would be okay, but it might be something that I would have to do, like just stay late at work and take advantage of the Xbox there mm-hmm. and like get a free month of Xbox Live. <laughs> you know, because I'm sure, all the, you know, I'm, I guess the games still carry this like 20 days or 10 days. Or, uh, so... That's other, 48 hours. <laughs> other personal news from Rob's life of gaming. Yeah. Um, the last week, the Saturday, no, the Sunday after the marathon was the first time in 11 years or maybe even 12 years that I don't have a gold subscription. I let it lapse for the first time in like 11 to 12 years. Wow. And that's because I don't play my Xbox One. And when I do... I don't play multiplayer, and when I do play multiplayer, I have forty games with two, two to seven day codes in them, and yeah. the only <laughs> and they're still valid, and uh, yeah, and they're, yeah, exactly. There's no expiration date on them. Like the some games have like an expiration date for their season pass or their online pre order thing, but um, the Xbox Live ones don't seem to expire, and they've existed since early 360 in terms and of in that a- format. You have a fucking I have, library. Of- yeah, I think I'm going to be fine, basically. Um, the only thing I'm missing out on, there's two things. There's the free games, free games which I always either own them or hate them. Like the games that they give, <laughs> and that counts for plus as well. Like I think I'll let laps, uh, let plus laps. That's a bit more difficult to get a quick trial on, but mm-hmm. I think I'll be fine as well. Um but it's like the only thing, and this is a weird 
touchy feely thing is that number that had like a gold 11 on it. Right. Like, that's not going to be there anymore that says that I had 11. And according to sources, and I was very, I was careful to check for this in case it swayed me one way or the other. Um, if I renew again, it will add to it. It will still say 11. It won't say zero. Zero. Yeah. 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 So that's nice. Like yeah, that's somewhere cool. in their database, it says that I've been with them since 2000 and I guess four. So yeah. yeah. I still get emails from them and I haven't had, an xbox gold subscription since the death of my 360 Mm. so we're talking i mean i got the ps4 two years ago slightly more than two years ago so i haven't had a an xbox subscription for two years it's still early i think early 2013 is maybe when you let it lapse or stop using your 360 like after the max pain time was well yeah because after then i then i had a pc and i went into steam sure. for a long for a while and then in the september of 2014 i got my mm-hmm. ps4 mm-hmm. and never really looked back but they still send me messages like dude you've got points <laughs> yeah you've got like gamer points come and redeem them i'm yeah. like no no i'm sorry i signed up to, <laughs> I, I was on a sort of weird rewards program where they gave you yeah it's that that that, they, that it's nothing point. they don't give you anything no. like it's terrible, and it's it's all a scam. And and with the amount of games that you had for that, you should have been like, you should have had points out the wazoo. Damn right. If if yeah, like that's the only thing with the 360 and and my Xbox Live collection is, if you look look at the number of games played based on my achievements, you should be giving me shit. But if you look at the games that I've purchased digitally, it's a little bit less. Obviously, I had a ton of XBLA stuff, but all the full games back then they were all discs, and I still own yeah. them. My Storage room downstairs is chocker. Yeah, it's full. I remember in your old games. house when you opened your wardrobe and where most people would have clothes, you had Xbox 360 games. <laughs> yeah, I'm a different person now, but uh, <laughs> part of that is because my games are digital, <laughs> not because of any kind of lifestyle change. And uh, part of that is because you have a monster PC now as well. So Yeah, exactly. Th- times have changed and we've moved on and uh, it was finally time to say goodbye to my gold subscription. The only thing keeping me there was... A feeling of nostalgia, I think, for for a couple of years there, but uh, I'm yeah. out the other side now. I'm still not ready to give up Plus, just because you know there's some games that I haven't seen. Like, well, that's your platform, this, right? It is my it is my main platform. I'm I'm playing multiplayer anyway, so it makes sense to have Plus. The games yeah. for me are a bonus. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was like you know I'm getting to the point now where i've got most of the games like mm. this this month i think was everybody's gone to the rapture which was my game of the year last year yeah absolutely phenomenal game but it's kind of bittersweet when you're like i'm so glad everybody gets to play that now who maybe because i saw Stu played it through and i guess he played it because he got it on psn sure yeah i think so. um but on the flip side it's like oh, that's another game i already have mm-hmm. <laughs> every like and that's happening to me with even with humble like the humble yeah. Uh, monthly thing i'm still on that even though i haven't played anything good from that for a few months um i think it's worth a punt for a, yeah. for a little for a little bit longer um because there and is sometimes the, something that jumps out but yeah and the occasional bargain triple a like the last the last month i had uh when i cancelled my subscription mm-hmm. i got mad max which was just like holy shit i just paid 12 quid right yeah for mad max and then six of the games so well there's also it gives you 10 percent off the store on anything so like for example if you do end up buying like a, a 40 let's say like a 60 euro game on the humble store 
which you could have spent 60 on on Steam, that's six mm. euros off of that value. Like, yeah. That's not nothing. And that goes most of the way towards that month's subscription. If you're buying one AAA title on PC a, a month, the subscription is free, nearly. Yeah. Plus you're helping out devs, because they always do the Humble Original as well, don't they? So they always Every have time, like, yeah. one weird showcase. Something. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So it's cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Cool. Let's see. But yeah, that's about it, I think. Yeah, that was, a, that was a healthy debate and discussion, and not yes. really a debate, but we talked. Yeah, I, I hate you. Oh. Is that a debate? No, there you go. You've started something now. We're gonna have to yeah. take it. we're gonna have to take this offline, folks. Um, <laughs> Let's rumble, bitch. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks for listening. Go head to YouTube and watch some of our archive content from the marathon from the Hitman Elusive Targets. We'll be back with another episode of the Go Play That podcast next week. Goodbye. All righty. Bye. Oh, yeah.